Well, hey there, how you doing today? Welcome back to my YouTube channel, Simeon here. Glad you can join me today. Well, we've had the passing of Senator Harry Reid. As you all are aware, Harry Reid was quite a fighter to get the UFO truth out for the American people and for the world. Um, you've, you're aware that he was instrumental in creating the OSAP program along with Ted Stevens and Daniel Inouye, two other senators that he worked with on this. And the thing that really stands out to me about Harry Reid is, you know, we're told if you read about him that he was quite a fighter. He actually was a middleweight fighter in his younger years, but he was quite a rambunctious character who could really fight for what he believed was the right thing. And he was told by his staffers to stay away from the UFO issue. They told him when he first met Robert Bigelow and George Knapp several decades ago that this could ruin his career. Now, thankfully, Senator Reid, the fighter he was, didn't listen. And uh, he kept at it uh, and created OSAP you know, otherwise known as ATIP, as we found out later on, and then the other ATIP program. And according to this article I just read in The Sun, a newspaper from the UK, that he had spent his final months recently encouraging President Biden to reveal more truths about what's going on with the UFO phenomenon. And uh, maybe it, he succeeded because President Biden did sign the National uh, Defense Authorization Act a few days ago, which has a provision there for more UFO reporting, a permanent office within uh, the Pentagon. Now, if you'll remember in James Fox's recent movie about UFOs, really good movie, The Phenomenon, he uh, Harry Reid is in the movie, and James asks him, uh, Senator Reid, are you saying that a lot of the evidence hasn't been revealed yet? And Reid says, what I'm saying is that most of the evidence hasn't seen the light of day. So he was basically telling us there's a lot more evidence to be disclosed. Without Senator Reid, we might not be where we are with regard to UFO disclosure. Now, I wanted to talk today about uh, where I think we're going with this. There's been a lot of talk, you know, recently about the technology of UFOs, the science behind it, what are the materials, you know, recovered crashes and so forth. And uh, as I've mentioned in other videos, which you can take a look at, I've actually spoken to one of the top engineers on the planet who told me that he had handled a piece of wreckage for some undisclosed organization. And it wasn't a small piece. He said it was a, uh, a large piece about a meter across and from the curvature of this kind of nanotechnology, as he called it, uh, very thin, very complex made of materials that are not typically found on Earth in a zero-G environment, that he could estimate the size of the craft would have been, I believe he said, around 
80 to 100 feet across. And so I think we're going to have an increased effort to find out more what these metamaterials are, how they're made, and so forth. But I don't think that's actually the biggest implication of all of this. The biggest implication, and I think that you know this is coming as well as I do, is that there are other life forms around us right now uh, on near Earth, uh, non-human life forms. And I think this is really what's been the most concerning probably to the federal government, uh, NASA and so forth, is just the implications of saying that there's other intelligent life forms around, uh, perhaps much more advanced than us homo sapiens. And I think that's the real hot potato here. We've talked recently about some of these life forms. We've talked about uh, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, We've had some videos about this topic. We interviewed a, a witness recently. Um, and uh, this is a life form that's on the earth with us that seems to be very good at staying hidden if it wants to. And there are other life forms like that that we refer to as cryptids, you know, creatures, animals, human-like entities that seem, they have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of witness encounters with these cryptids. Um, and yet it's the same time, you know, where are they? They're very hard to uh, study. These sightings are sporadic. They're not repeatable. Uh, well, sometimes actually they are. If we look at Ron Moorhead's Sierra Sounds with Bigfoot, he kept going up to that camp in the Sierras four decades after the 1970s from the point of initial contact, and they got contact again and again with these creatures that were up there, and he recorded the sounds of them. So that's one type of life form that I think we're going to eventually have to acknowledge exists around us, plus others that are like the Bigfoot Sasquatch creature or related in some way. Then obviously we have the question of who else is coming here from other places, physically, uh, extraterrestrials, aliens, whatever you'd like to call them, other beings from other places. And to me, that's also uh, equally uh, impactful on our sense of reality because you know, we've been told that we're sort of the top of the food chain here on Earth. And let's say that's not true. I mean, let's say there's other people around, other intelligences, other life forms. You kind of see where I'm going. So I think this is another huge political hot potato that's going to have to be dealt with in some way is finally recognizing that we're not necessarily the most intelligent uh, life form on planet Earth. Uh, I don't know exactly how many other extraterrestrial species are visiting uh, the planet or how many we've had contact with. This is an issue that we haven't even really explored yet as a society, but that's where I think we're going. And then the third type of life form would be interdimensional life forms that don't necessarily have a physical presence, but can be detected in some way. Uh, we had some references to this in the Skinwalker and the Pentagon's book, which I did two videos about from James Lukatsky et al., uh, where he describes some of these researchers from the DIA going out to the Skinwalker Ranch and encountering these really uh, dark 
cold shapes on these trails that uh, really kind of scared the bejesus out of them. And uh, they have no idea, you know, even what they encountered. So there are, there could be other life forms around that don't necessarily have a physical presence, but can be seen, perceived, detected occasionally. And that's another type of life that I think we're going to have to uh, eventually acknowledge. So I think that's this is where the discussion is going to be going with all this at some point, along with the discussions of technology and science and all of that, which is equally interesting. Now, I'm often reminded of that famous phrase from nuclear physicist Enrico Fermi. Uh, this is the person that proposed the idea of the neutrino back around 1930 a tiny new subatomic particle, uh, which had been suggested by quantum physicist Wolfgang Pauli. And you may not be aware of this, but Enrico Fermi couldn't even get his first paper published in Nature, which suggested the existence of the neutrino. Uh, Nature thought the whole idea of a tiny invisible particle was just too uh, far afield for most readers to find believable. So they wouldn't publish Enrico Fermi's paper. This is the person that's really thought of as one of the fathers of the H-bomb and was instrumental in the Manhattan Project. Um, so Enrico Fermi is reported to have said one day over lunch, I believe at Sandia Labs, uh, they were just talking about the idea of extraterrestrials and he just said, well, where are they? <laughs> uh, now, apparently he said this, in kind of a joking manner, but it became kind of a very serious discussion after a while. Like, if the extraterrestrials are here, you know, and Bigfoot and interdimensionals, like we're talking, well, where are they? Well, I would suggest just one possibility. They're in what physicists have been calling the hidden sector for over 70 years now, ever since the work of Yang and Lee to uh, physicists here in the U.S. who were looking into so-called parity violations of subatomic particles. The idea of parity violation is that every particle has an antiparticle. There should be kind of equal numbers of these particles and antiparticles. And kind of the idea that whatever looks to us one way would look just the opposite in the mirror, but it would have the same energy and the same properties. But Yang and Lee... Uh, building on the ideas of another researcher named Wu, uh, found that there was a parity violation, which means that there's more of one type of particle and not so much of its antiparticle. Uh, this parity violation creates the idea of a hidden sector, as Yang and Lee called it. Another type of universe, a mirror world, a mirror universe. And people are actually studying this seriously. We've done some videos on this, but if you look at the idea of mirror neutrons and mirror matter, it really suggests, uh, I'm talking about the work of Leah Broussard at Oak Ridge National Laboratories, the idea that there could be other realities right next to ours where things are working in a different way, the particles only weakly interact with our reality, neutrons, neutrinos, things that are fundamentally neutral. And we don't really have a way to detect them directly. 
we can detect them through gravitational effects. And this has been referred to sometimes as dark matter. And uh, we've talked recently about even the ideas of these original relic neutrinos from the cosmic background radiation contributing to that dark matter having other interesting effects on our biology and the energetic processes in our reality. So where this is going to eventually lead, in my view, is from the idea of extraterrestrial technology to what other life forms are around us, indigenous life forms to the planet that we may not be very familiar with, to other types of life forms from out there, other interdimensional life forms, and a whole discussion of mirror worlds, mirror universes, parallel realities, multiverses, I think this is all just sort of a logical sort of flow of ideas here. I don't think this is something that is really that far afield anymore. I mean, it just really one follows to the next to the next. So I think we're in for a very long period of scientific reevaluation of how reality works, what else is in our reality that we may not have seen. We know that 85% of the universe is what's called dark matter. Dark energy still hasn't been identified. We only see its effects indirectly. Uh, so this is how I see this sort of discussion progressing. And uh, we can thank Hannah, Harry Reid and others for pushing the discussion to go in this direction so that we can actually be adults here and talk about what's really going on with all of these fascinating topics. Anyway, those are my thoughts about it. I'm always interested to hear what you think, so put your uh, comments in the box below. Thanks very much, and we'll see you in the next video. Take care for now, and bye.